Welcome back to the official Atari Games podcast. This is Jason here. And I'm on my own for now, just for now. As I said, we said we were going to do this last week, but instead um, we had to push it back. I should say last time. And we are talking about Days of Doom. Now, before I bring in a whole suite of characters from Sneaky Box who are on standby right now, I thought I'd hit you with some news that's been happening at Atari. So last week was Gamescom, and we had a whole bunch of stuff to say. So with that, this is some of the news. And I actually wrote something out, so some of them were prepared. If you have any feedback about that, be sure to let me know in some comments. <clears throat> First of all, Atari 2600 Plus was announced and available for pre-order on Atari.com and Amazon. Atari 2600 Plus is a modern release of the classic console of nearly the same name and capable of playing nearly the entire 2600 and 7800 library of consoles. This includes a 2600 version of Mr. Run and Jump that is still available for pre-order now. So check that out. By the way, I wrote this myself. This is not actual canned marketing copy. So if it does sound like a reading, I'm off the page, I am. Next up, Night Dive has announced Tur Turok 3 and Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered. First up is Turok, originally released in 2000. Turok 3 was the last Turok game released on the N64, and you'd be forgiven if you remembered if you don't remember its release as it came one month before the PS2's North American release. The remaster will be coming out in November, and you can wishlist on Steam now. Star Wars Dark Forces Remastered is a now formerly PC-exclusive first-person shooter released in 1995. If you're not familiar with it or its 1997 and 98 sequels, you probably are familiar with the latter entries in the series, with the later entry in the series, 2002's Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and 2003's Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Stay tuned for more details to come. Lastly, PAX, PAX West specifically, the whole Atari games team will be at PAX West. So come by, play some games, including three unreleased games, including Lunar Lander Beyond, Haunted House, and topically, Days of Doom. With that, I don't want to hold up the guests, so I will play the trailer for Days of Doom. And on the other side, we'll be joined by some members of, Sneaky, of the team responsible for the title. The apocalypse wasn't the end of the world, just the one we knew. New dangers have emerged and lurk around every corner. Only the extraordinary have survived this wasteland. We will do anything to find sanctuary. Hello, hello. <laughs> well, that well. Also, I've seen that a lot. But anyway, welcome. I'm joined by a whole lot of people from responsible for Days of Doom. I'm just going to go. I guess this is formatted how it is on video. It's not like a Zoom call where you never know who's there recording some various tiles on screen. So I'm just going to go to my visual right, I guess. Uh, Regis. Hello. On Days of Doom. <laughs> Uh, we we can uh, we can go around and make introductions later. And we got Yeva, lead artist, on hello, producer on Days of Doom, and Gitas, who's game designer. On hello. Now, how do I want to do this? First of all, we're going to jump in and play some games, play a little bit of it, and talk about it while over it. But first, I want to do a warm up question. I like to do a warm up question usually before this part, but because I was alone. 
because it's very early and I don't want to ask anybody else to get up at 8 a.m. Eastern or 7 a.m. or uh, God forbid, uh, 5 a.m. Pacific time <laughs> that this, this is where we are. So here's the question. I need one zombie game suggestion that is not Days of Doom. And you know what? Let's expand that. It could be any form of zombie media. It could be a game. It can be a movie. It can be a comic book. It could be just a book. So one thing, not Days of Doom. Ritus, what do you got? Um, there is an anime currently running called Zom 100. Oh. You can check that out, I guess. What is it? You got to tell us a little bit about it. You can't just, you can't just say, figure it out. Google it. <laughs> Uh, it's a, about uh, a couple of adults having fun in the zombie apocalypse. Oh. Because the dude is just happy that he doesn't need to work anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he worked in game development. Oh, oh, <laughs> I was going to say, is this an aspirational one for you? Is this what you want? <laughs> and now he's just happy. <laughs> All right. Yeba, what do you got? Oh my, uh, I'll be very generic. I guess The Last of Us, the show. Okay. The last thing I saw the, regarding zombies was this, and it was quite enjoyable. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't think there's any more need for explanation than that. Everybody knows The Last of Us. Yeah. Jesus. What do you got? Uh, there were like a couple games up in my mind, but I think uh, Plants vs. Zombies, the classic, uh, is what comes to mind first. Absolutely. Always, always a good choice. Always the arcade game. So, the, yeah. the PopCap classic. Uh, of course. Gitas, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, quite recently I played um, an indie game called Project Zomboid. Oh. And it's kind of, I would say, a, a, quite a hardcore survival game. You just you, plop, you get plopped into a map and just try to get by any way you can. So, yeah, I don't know if I should really get into like how detailed it is, but no. All right, fair you enough. Should check like, it out. Like a Daisy situation, or yeah, like quite um, similar. Uh, would you ways. say Daisy? Like it's you know in from many ways it's similar. Game. It's 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 not the same game. It's well, no. in many ways. Of course yeah. not. Okay. Anyway, I'll just throw out there because the funny thing about me is I'm actually when it comes to zombies. I also can't do much uh, in the way of gore in, uh, in any sort of medium now, especially now the games become so detailed. Like watching a Mortal Kombat trailer is now a difficult feat for me <laughs> because of how gross it is. Um, but I will say that probably one of my favorite zombie things has got to be Shaun of the Dead. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Fair. everybody has seen it. You got to see it. It's a zombie movie. It's a zombie comedy. It's great. The first of the Cornetto trilogy, which I actually had a Cornetto for the first time. Uh, when I was in Germany, and they are underwhelming. So, you know, that was just my thought. It was a strawberry one. It was late. It was bad. Anyway, so let's talk about Days of Doom, shall we? Let's jump into this. And while we talk about that, I'm going to quickly start uh, streaming it, and we can talk about it. Um, Days of Doom has quite a bit of history, actually, before this version of the game, but I don't know how much we're really going to go into that. Let's just keep this conversation for all intents and purposes focused on Days of Doom as it currently exists, just to be clear. If you want to reference any of the previous stuff, that's fine. But for the most part, we will uh, we'll keep this. Nope, don't do that. Sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about the mobile version a bit as well. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. So we... Yeah, the Dark Ages. <laughs> I've actually, so fun fact about this group here, with the exception of Gitas, we've actually been working together for, oh my God, probably like four, over four years now, I think. Um, and that was based on a prior iteration of Days of Doom that was actually a mobile game. And that has been, and then once Atari completely pivoted to making premium games again, in my opinion, for the better, because I, I really like the games we're working on now, got an opportunity to make a premium version of Days of Doom. And what we are about to release soon, can't say the release date, I guess, even though you could really look and figure it out. Um, but we'll, we'll announce something more formally next, uh, very soon. I shouldn't, I'm already going to say more. I'm not bad at this. So, um, yeah, the first, so what we did was we made this game. And by we, I mean the team that you see here. So I don't know, maybe uh, Gitas, you're in a good, uh, this is a good question for you. What was the, uh, what was the decision or drive to make 
Days of Doom in its current form as a tactical roguelite RPG and maybe give a brief overview of what your approach was in designing this. Well, damn, I guess initially we just knew we didn't want to really do the exact same game. The like, I have to mention the mobile game, which like the IP was born in, but really uh, since the first iteration was just a uh, mobile squad RPG, Keeping it turn-based sort of made sense, and really like we also we like I knew we liked games like XCOM and other type of games like Into the Reach or whatnot, and that just sort of came together in a really fun way. Like initially, we did have actually uh, three different ideas for three diff completely different games, and we just sort of everyone just sort of gravitated towards the turn-based game. Yeah, cool. And then also the uh, so I'm streaming the game now. If you're watching the video, you can check it out. Note that there will be some lag due to just general, just how things go sometimes. And uh, go ahead. Maybe to just add to that, uh, I think Yawa will confirm this. Uh, whenever we were thinking about how we should approach uh, Days of Doom or whatever game it would be at that time, maybe it was not specifically this style of game. We thought, were what our are our strongest parts? or our strongest skills. And I think uh, art, 2D art, was uh, also a part of why we decided to approach it this way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Speaking of the art style, you have a, what was the, um, what was the inspiration behind making this kind of uh, style? It's a little bit different than the original. I know we had an initial conversation around it, but maybe you can enlighten, <laughs> somebody, enlighten yeah. us. We definitely didn't start from nothing. Like, uh, I remember when we were, first approach with this project we we there were already some character art done and uh, at the very first iteration of the game we kind of decided that it will be the base for the art style and we built we will build upon it and the original illustrations for the characters were sort of this inspired by i would say like 90s comic books and um we worked with that for a bit and when the time came for doing the premium version we still kept sort of like these core pillars uh, of the aesthetic but we did change some some things well yeah very cool yeah i mean the, the, if you're watching and seeing the style now i'll bet with a little bit of lag because of the because of the stream um you can see me doing a very poor job of playing as i'm also listening to the conversation and playing at the same time, which is a very interesting challenge. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's very cool the way all the characters are animated. And because you have, and they do take this more. It, originally, when you had these proposals for the art, there was like three ranges. It was just like, this is the realistic one. This is the chibi one. And then this is in between, which is basically yeah. where we ended up. And it's funny because people are like, oh, some people say, yeah, it's chibi like, I'm like, I don't, is it, is it actually, how would you describe it? Would you describe it as that or would you describe Chibi it Chibi was else? the word I used initially, but I think it's it's heavily stylized and it's definitely not realistic as the original illustrations were. Yeah. But Chibi doesn't quite, like 100% represents it. Like it's it's heavily stylized, yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Cool, and it does, um, I mean, the game looks great in motion. Um, I mean, it looks great in screenshots as well. Although, like the the completely animated character art, that was a big difference from what was there before. So everything that was created in the game had to be basically made from scratch to uh, yeah. to be able to accommodate that animation style. Um, and it also helps because you see so much on screen. And I think one of the other ideas was that it was so because it was small because the, the characters are pretty small on screen. These more exaggerated proportions show off that animation a little more clearly. Yeah, so. exactly. Going this way was uh, we one of the motivations while making these characters a lot more stylized because we wanted the movement to be very clear and we knew you'll have a lot on screen. So and the characters will be small. So it felt like the logical thing to do. Yeah, this is like doing some weird stuff with the mouse. So I'm actually now going to play with the mouse, which I never do. Never play this game with the mouse. <laughs> always play with controller, which is weird. Because always you would play think, with the mouse. Always play with the mouse. No, that's impossible for a lot of consoles. It's on everything. So you got to, please, you can't always that. play with the mouse. It's just personal habits, I guess. 
Yeah, totally. Well, that's the thing, right? Is you guys being in Lithuania, like console gaming is not really a thing out there, right? Like it's mostly it is. PC. Not, not nearly to the same degree as in the West, probably. But yeah. Yeah. Right. You got that. it. I mean, I would say it's getting a bit more popular uh, lately because of all these exclusive titles. And, Definitely. You know, like, yeah. like Spider-Man and other anticipated titles were, you know, being uh, wanted to play. So everyone was buying consoles. But uh, overall, yeah, PC gaming is still quite alive <laughs> and doing but it, well. But the, and that's also decreasing, right? As a lot of games come to PC eventually. Even PlayStation's kind of caved on that. Yeah. Right. You know, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get uh, Regis in the conversation. This is a, um, the other big thing about the game is that it's a roguelite, right? Like we have the tactical stuff, we have the, uh, we have the art, all that stuff. And as a roguelite, I think, you know, what, what are the, uh, from a programming or engineering perspective, like what are the largest hurdles that have to be overcome when creating something that is supposed to be endlessly replayable, but also keeps things kind of fresh and, you know, it lives on that loop. Like, was there any specific uh, engineering challenges that came up along the way? I mean, regarding like keeping things fresh, I think it was more like from the design side of it. Yeah, I realized that as I was saying it. <laughs> yeah. The question started the good and then it got a little weird. <laughs> I, I, I'll admit that. From the engineering part, I guess like the main thing is just uh, to make sure like everything is valid, every map you generate is like all good and there's no like unreachable stuff and all that things yeah so there's just like uh some safety that needs to be done was there any uh did you ever run into any issues or fun uh fun bugs or glitches that uh that are worth talking about maybe one I mean, we had some things flared. where you you could have like a node at the start of the map connected to the final node of the map just going a line through the entire map Oh, you should have kept that up. That's <laughs> I mean, look, if, you, if it's a random map every time, why wouldn't there be the chance that there was this one straight road with no, with no, uh, with no zombies in it? I think uh, when I was out there last year and I said, all right, I want to watch Gitas. I want to watch him play the game and tell me, you know, show me like a good run and how it's supposed to be played. And it was not intentional, but he literally just went from node to node to node without <laughs> any combat, and then yeah. just walked right to the final battle. He's like, "Yeah, it's not supposed to happen." I'm like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> <laughs> Vitatus, from a from now from a production standpoint, as uh, as as herding cats in this uh, in this process, as it were, um, <laughs> I guess me included in the cats it sometimes. Uh, what would you say one of the largest challenges was in uh, in the course of the production of the game? Well, given that we're working on a roguelike and uh, all of us have like different games, have different ideas of how it should actually work, I guess the biggest challenge at the start of the project was bringing everyone together and actually figuring out that we're working on the same actual idea and not adding our own things instead of following what Gitas wants to do. So I think that was one of the bigger challenges at the start. Uh, yeah, I think that I would say that's 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 that that's that. Yeah. Oh man, well you can't you can't go past that without putting it on Gitas, which is what is so what is the thing that you got uh, that uh, Vitatus uh, Caesared and thumbs down. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> what is the? Give us, give us the top, the top one early on, early, oh, on, early on. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. put me on a spot like that. <laughs> uh, okay, well, what were the great things that we cut? The great things. Oh my God! Yeah, there's always a lot of things. I think, I think there's always more stuff that could. I mean, I mean, there's infinitely number of things that could always be. Yeah, in of course. Product like, versus what's inevitably in it. There's definitely systems uh, we cut that. I can't even recall from the top of my mind, but like initially, we definitely did envision the game as bigger in scope. So like, classic. Yeah, like so like currently the game has uh, two whole maps you can go through, but we initially thought there's going to be more. Um, we had more characters planned. That was kind of painful. We 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 right now we have eight playable characters. We used to have twelve in the plans. Even some like uh, scribbles about sixteen, but that was kind of insane. 
Um, yeah. yeah, so that was painful to cut, to be honest. But on that point, on that point, right? Like when you're doing a game like this, or really any any kind of game that works with um, with a random assortment of characters and combinations, you have to be you have to make sure that it all works together, right? Yeah. Because if it if you're um, and any time it's what is that thing like? There's that equation where it's like there's this many permutations or possible permutations based on this many things, and you're talking about a ton of different options and how and balancing all those together, especially since you can even have duplicates of the same characters, right? So that creates another thing. So that, yeah. so it's like, you know, you have your one, 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 or I mean, even just with three characters, one, 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 two, three, one, two, two, one, three, three, you know, it's like all of these different things alone that just blows up and then you have eight and then you expand the party size up to, uh, I mean, you can have up to six, right? At the end of it, um, yeah. starting with five. And that's like, that number of combinations to make sure that you don't just show up and steamroll the whole thing. Otherwise it's just not interesting anymore. Um, yeah. Like it's honestly, it's likely that there are some like specific permutations or combinations of characters, items and, or like map layouts, arena layouts. I mean, where we just have not seen them and really something could go wrong still. I mean, that always happens, right? Yeah. Um, well, while we're talking about the characters, I think now's a good time to, uh, you know, to ask. We are, like you said, there's eight playable characters. You start with four. There's four unlockable ones. And I want to go around the horn and ask everybody what's their favorite character, personal favorite, and then say why, and, uh, and we'll go around there. So let's start with Ritus. What do you got? Um, I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> um, what, do you want to pass? <laughs> I well, mean, how about we do this which one was the easiest to program <laughs> <laughs> um, that would probably be the gunslinger yeah because he just shoots and moves that's, <laughs> that's true he's not he's not moving anybody around he's not i guess he's got the ignite ability so there's yeah that. but that, i think that came like way late <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah all right. uh, but yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, I guess I'll just go with the pyro, because you can put a lot of flames down, and then it's all on fire. That's fun. Yeah, that speaks to your personality. <laughs> your, your fiery personality. That's how we, that's how we describe Ritus. He's got a fiery personality. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Eva. Oh, that's definitely the gunslinger. It was the first character yeah. that I did, and since the very beginning, I just wanted to do this masked, mysterious, you know, vigilante character that nobody knows anything about. And he's just that mystery. Right on. Vitatus. I'm actually yeah, surprised, uh, by the way. I could have sworn you would have said the one that I was going to pick, but go ahead. Huh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I would say it's either Priestess or Gunslinger. Priestess is just because I really love higher abilities in combat. Uh, it's... I think it's the most strong. It's the strongest character in the game at really? the moment uh, because of the support uh, abilities she provides. Like you can block a lot of damage, and then whenever you go to boss encounters, she also allows to block all the damage from boss encounters. So you just send in the tank, apply some uh, uh, shields, and yeah, and you just go through the campaign. Uh, so I think it really helps uh, with experiencing more content easily without maybe finding some more. Uh, interesting uh, usages for items. So yeah, that's why I really like how she works. And I guess my second favorite was also Gunslinger uh, because of the mysteriousness of the character. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we also included uh, gender-neutral names for the character. Yeah. Uh, because nobody knows if it's uh, she, he, or somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's very cool. I do... Uh, so Gitas. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I mean, hmm. I feel like Gunslinger is like the most. Did the the unit that garners the most attention from everyone? Um, I feel like this for me. It's a toss up between either Colossus or Hydromancer. Hmm. I think Hydromancer overall has my favorite design visually. Um, and then Colossus, I kind of, I just really enjoyed the leap. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Jumping around the map just is just fun for me. I don't know. 
yeah, it's um, it's a really satisfying attack. That's for sure. Um, I got it's crazy. These 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 answers are insane. Every single one of these answers is absolutely crazy. Gita's came close, but the right answer is Hydromancer. It's not even close. Like let's <laughs> let's just call it what it is. The Hydromancer character, which is funny that we're talking about this because it's not even. It's like the one time I've played in like a long time. I didn't even have the choice of choosing of choosing her at the moment, but it's okay because I'm going to die on this boss fight, so maybe I'll find her next. But the Hydromancer character is so good because she has the longer range attack, um, like longer than the Priestess. And her secondary attack being that big splash has like the ability to like bring people inward and crash into each other. And... Also, the the design, the art design on the character is so cool and like and kind of cute, which and kind of intimidating, which is kind of fun. So you have like this intimidating, uh, this uh, unsuspecting character who's got this water cooler on her back is like kind of throwing all these wet attacks. And also the um, what is happening? What am I even doing right now? I don't even know. I'm I'm looking at the top <laughs> screen. So what I, the setup right now that I have, if you're watching on screen, you're like, what is he doing? Why did he just do that? I have the the chat is up on the top screen and I'm playing the game on the lower screen. And because I'm now using the mouse, I was looking at the top screen instead of the lower screen. Anyway, that's why I was just going kind of wild. <laughs> the, the Hydromancer also like you can use the second, the secondary attack for the Hydromancer is so cool because it attacks such a wide area, which is awesome. But the thing about it is that you can, um, is that you can use it to either bang enemies into each other or pull them toward you, which is cool to get off two attacks and that's really cool. But the uh, the other interesting thing about it is that the the combo. So we haven't really talked about anything about the combinations of the attack. Yeah. So the, the Gitas, why don't you talk about that? Talk talk about the the attack combinations. Then I'll get into why the Hydromancer is the best character in the game. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess uh, we every character is not okay. Not every character. Most characters have like uh, area effect attacks. And because you can even possess certain permutations like uh, fire effects or water effects or whatnot, and you can combo them together. Pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Um, so yeah, for instance, the Hydromancer, you could use a wide area AoE on a group of enemies. You can wet them to the floor, and then if you have a, some character with a shock permutation or whatever, you can then zap him in that same pool of water. So... I don't know. Like we, I guess we could just actually talk about examples with the characters we have on screen right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Well, these characters don't actually really combo that well. <laughs> no, they do. What are you talking about? This is this is actually a great example because it provides a nice um, tip into how. So I'm not actually gonna. This is not what I would do in a real yeah. battle. I'm actually just gonna. But it's more to prove a point. So you have the ignition, right? Ignition. You really have two effective attacks that you could do ignite and shock shock to your it does the easy does the self-explanatory stuff which will yeah. which will electrocute wet enemies and it'll also cause a chain reaction to any enemy that's also in a puddle of a wet enemy which is great and i'll get to that later while i explain again that the hydromancer is the best character in the game. <laughs> so and i will reiterate this until you understand and agree with me so the the second chain attack is ignition and ignite or ignite and ignite, that's yeah. that's the secondary attack by the um that can be done by the gunslinger and that will it, you can oil enemies which will set them on fire and also set oil pits on fire and more importantly it can blow up gas yeah if set off so that's that's how the chain attacks work and it can yeah, lead to some oh go ahead when i was talking about chain attacks i mostly was specifically like thinking about just characters interacting between each other so i wasn't sure. really thinking about poison sorry about that oh all right but yeah you're correct you're absolutely correct yeah and one of the fun things about it is that it leads to a lot of kind of what i call happy accidents at times as well yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a point where i was in this fight fighting these two guys and they just had the whole field blasted with um with gas and what happened was i was actually able to um, it set one of them on fire and then they just walked right into a poisonous gas cloud and just blew it up and then that's how they died and that's how I won the, won the fight. Um, 
and there and there's a combination of that because there's also happy accidents and there's also very sad accidents <laughs> because you might find yourself or or sometimes just sad sacrifices you have to make because I have often found myself in a situation where it's like man I could kill this enemy on this turn but you for some reason were like I want to torture people and have friendly fire in this game so as a result if yep. anybody else is caught in that same chain then that they're dead <laughs> like, they're not or they will take a hit friendly fire is one of the best mechanics in all video games oh really you won't change my mind go on <laughs> well it's just it adds such a like strong layer to actually how you think about playing games whenever there's friendly fire in the game that i just sort of feel like okay i, I wouldn't say more games need to have it because there's plenty of games that do now but it's i think it's a great mechanic Right. To be honest. So, so, so we finish, had to have it. So to finish my case in this in this court of law on why the Hydromancer is the best character, with what <laughs> we've explained about the chain attacks, you can find runes all across your run, and the runes are modifiers in the game, and they yeah. and you can equip them to each character. There is a rune that adds an electrical attack to your standard attack, and when you have that equipped on the hydromancer then that means you can create these large puddles and make enemies wet and then electrocute them immediately and cause insane amounts of damage yep. with the hydromancer on top of that you have other runes that can expand reach of your attacks so you can expand the reach beyond the already pretty generous range of three squares and have the electrocuted attack and level up the character to cause more damage. Hydromancer is the best. <laughs> and H and she has argue. good range. And she has good range. That's the other good yeah. thing. Right. Exactly. So why don't um I don't know. Someone someone talk about um, about the runes. Let's tell me about the yeah, runes so and the items, usables, that kind of stuff. About the runes and items. Uh so basically, as you said, and Gita's also uh, explained, our characters have interactions, they're really cool, but re we really didn't want to keep them locked behind certain party uh, members. We also wanted uh, players to allow uh, allow players to explore these different interactions with the help of runes and items. That's why we, as uh, Jason also already mentioned, introduced uh, runes which also allow, allow you your ca other characters to uh, apply electrocute, apply ignite. So let's say if uh, you have rune and you attack a barrel with <laughs> this same fighter, you can also blow yourself up because you're standing near the barrel. But you can also blow up barrels uh, with a simple uh, hit from your uh, baseball bat which is uh, filled in with nails. Uh, and there's Naturally. also a bunch of items, uh, which also interact in the same ways. Let's say you have a casket of oil which, where you throw out all casket. If you don't have, uh, let's say, uh, pyro, pyro in your party, you can have somebody else throw out the uh, all casket and then uh, that same uh, gunslinger can ignite it with his uh, special ability which uh, Jason has already demonstrated in igniting some uh, gas uh, clouds. Yep. And now I'm going to show um, another fun combination because you can have your, um, because of the ability of the, of the priestess to defend against all attacks, I can now do this. So I've put my uh, fighter in the, in a gas, he set up a gas explosion from a barrel and then I'm going to blow up that gas cloud while he's in it. So he doesn't take any damage with the um, with the gunslinger. Now this is the kind of advanced strategy that you will only get. <laughs> that's exactly this, why I said that on, on this podcast. <laughs> that's exactly why I said that Priestess is the best character because you can do stuff like that with her. Yes, but you have to be careful because then you're exposed. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, there's also uh, healing items in the game, so you can uh, like use AOE healing items uh, on your party or single healing items on your party, so it uh, it doesn't uh, die uh, before reaching uh, second or third boss. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, there's also uh, passives and runes which help out with making your certain items stronger. 
let's say your healing items become stronger because it's used by a support character. Uh, so there's a lot of different interactions which uh, players can uh, explore. Yeah. And let's say in this case where you have Gunslinger passive, uh, the Gunslinger passive applies AOE uh, buff where your units gain 10% critical hit chance. Uh, so right now, it says within the zero tiles because uh, Gunslinger hasn't reached high level uh, yet. But however, whenever you reach higher level, you also unlock that passive to uh, support your surrounding characters. So you can also uh, work with positioning uh, just to do a lot more damage. So, yeah. yeah, it's always good to note it. Mind your surroundings, as, uh, as we've all <laughs> learned from the Smash movie Batman Begins. Of course. Find your surroundings. That was the ultimate. Of course, yeah. Yeah. No, like no spoilers, of course, for the for <laughs> Batman Begins. I'm a fan of some some days you can't just drop a bomb from Batman sixty. What was sixty six? I think. Oh, is that a quote from the from that movie? Yeah, yeah. I've never actually seen it from its uh, in its entirety. Yeah, I haven't really seen many movies from the sixties unless it's on uh, the rotation of uh, Turner Classic Movies (TMC). Turner, yeah, Turner is it Turner? TCM, TMC. You get it. It's Turner's. He's got classic movies. I don't know. They get that in Lithuania? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Fair enough. It's a, it's old American cinema. A lot of black and white. It was from the time where movies would start, and, uh, and then all of a sudden people would break out into song. It's like every movie was probably about 20 minutes in actual content, <laughs> and then they'd get into a big tap dancing thing for nice. about, uh, for about uh, you know the rest of the hour runtime. <laughs> And, uh, and it, you know, it's when people would talk like this. You say, yeah, you guys <laughs> yeah. don't, uh, you guys don't have that. I, I guess not. No, no our, uh, our, we were I in guess, the Soviet uh, Union then. We didn't have cameras, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. No, honestly, though, uh, black and that white footage was very common throughout the 80s and the 90s, even a, a bit, well, maybe. Oh, wow. Very <laughs> interesting. Yep, yep, yep. And that's actually interesting, though. I think I think it'd be interesting to know specifically about, um, you know, be, being in Lithuania. We got a whole group of people here. So, I, I what is it? What was it like? What's uh, what's gaming? What's the gaming scene like in Lithuania? And you could talk about that from both the game playing scene, or even, and what I'd also like to know is about like the game development community in Lithuania, because I've actually had the pleasure of going out there and being exposed to a lot of that um, that game development scene that I. That people don't normally think about, especially coming out of uh, Vilnius, but where you guys are in Kaunas. So whoever can, whoever wants to take it, take it wherever direction you'd like. I mean, like these like the past few years, like these days in general, I'd say um, video games are like communities are like pretty modern thinking about games. Like the, the things you see in the West are so, sort of similar here as well. It's just when we go back to like the two thousands or even earlier. A lot of like game pushing here in stores was probably imported games or even like knockoff games. I, I remember a lot of that being a thing. There um, can you give an example? Here, like, oh god, like a lot of Russian imports of games where they're yeah. like much cheaper, not probably not quite legal, even translations of some games. None of it was legal. <laughs> yeah, probably none of it was legal. Let's be honest. Look, I'm not a cop. All right, yeah, I'm, not yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna tell. <laughs> you ju you would yeah. just go to a random shop and all of the CDs were at the same price, no matter what game yeah. you're buying. <laughs> it was and you would like go to a market, like not a shop, but market, like bazaar. I'm not sure how to explain it. Uh, and you go to just uh, the market and to some random guy who's selling random games and then he says like look here, there's 300 games on this one so you can buy it for the same price as you buy like GTA you know yeah but yeah. what's amazing after independence like we I feel uh, like it's amazing that we have a game development scene at, like right now at all and uh, it's really nice how we caught up in the last I don't know 15 years 20 years I mean yeah. it's great What's the yeah? Uh, also, oh, go ahead. Also, I think it was a bit harder in the past to get like new PC. Usually, uh, at least in my case, how it went, that my first uh, gaming PC or at least PC was the one where I think my 
my, uh, mom's sister was buying a new computer, so she gave the old one to me, and that was the first PC I had. So I, th I think uh, it was really, really, you know, uh, low specs. So I couldn't really play games on it. So the, I watched a lot of Let's Plays. That's why I know a lot of games that I haven't played a lot of them. Uh, so I think I'm not sure if oh. that's how others feel about it, but uh, at least on on my part, that's how it went. <laughs> yeah, my, like my gateway drug to just gaming in general was like uh, I I saw my uncles playing some games when I was visiting, like some summers or whatnot. I don't know. Um, and then from that, I didn't have any means to play games, so I just sort of read about them, just played buying gaming magazines when I could, and yeah. just sort of vicariously experiencing games through reviews or like imagery on magazines and stuff. And yeah, like computers. If, if someone had a gaming PC at the time, that was definitely a privilege. I think like you, if you had a computer to play games on, it was mostly because your parents had one or. You got you got lucky somehow, like like either just got someone from a PC from someone, yeah, like yeah. And game prices were also even though we got like cheap imports. If you had if you wanted to get something more legit, they were way too expensive for us at the yeah. time. So at what point did that kind of did that kind of turn or breakthrough? Would you say? I like feel like ten years. Yeah. No, 10 I feel like years, it, was, it was up to 15 years. Steam helped a lot. Steam yeah. sort of shifted everything in our favor, I think. That's very cool. I, 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 we didn't really adopt like uh, digital games for a long while as the rest of the world, I think. But uh, I feel like well, okay, Steam came out in like 2004 with Half-Life 2 around that time. But I feel like closer to 2010, like maybe 2008, 2009, like Steam had like great deals, and people sort of warm up to the idea of just buying digital games. And with, I feel like it sort of snowballed. And as a kid, we also, I guess, had problems with you know getting credit cards because parents wouldn't uh, bother uh, putting in the codes uh, on the Steam. So we had like these local shops where they were uh, internet shops where they were selling Steam gift codes, so you could uh, send a and like a message from your phone pay five euros get the steam cards redeem it and then uh, buy a game on yeah. steam i haven't tried that but yeah i heard about it yeah. don't kids do similar things now i'm not sure just asking <laughs> i'm not sure <laughs> like no like gaming as a kid now is insane like how many games for free can you get from epic true like it's it's in, like honestly I mean, you could get at least like three or four Richard games. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was free. Well, two of them. There was there was that one time. Okay, two. <laughs> and that was only for a week. All right, that and that's over. It's over. Well, a week is gotta, a long time. Now you got to pay up. Now you got to pay. Now you got to pay the ten bucks, and they're worth it. All of them. All of them are yeah, worth. Yeah, like I'm not saying I would like to be a kid again. Now available on all consoles. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I would would like to be a kid again, but if I was a kid now, I was into games, I would have options. Oh my God. If you like were a, a kid, lot. if I was a kid and had Game Pass, it's That's like, insane. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. kind of incredible, actually. It is, it is uh, the, the amount of choice, I think, between Game Pass and having, um, and also the free to play games. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens to the whole. You know, economy of games and how because growing up, uh, kids are going to be used to playing Roblox and Fortnite, like games that you, you know, yeah, you jump into, don't have to pay anything, and then all of a sudden you're just kind of paying a little bit here and there and playing forever. But um, it's it's an interesting uh, it's interesting the, to see no, where it's going to go. I'll be honest, like controversial opinion maybe, but like as much as I can nag on games like Fortnite because I'm not personally interested in them quite that much. For like Fortnite, this is an incredible game to just get lost in if you're like getting oh, into yeah. gaming. Oh, totally. And zero cost of I, I, I don't agree great. with everything they're doing, but like for the most part, it's insane. Yeah, you can't knock it. Like it is definitely a great game. Yeah. Like I'm not. This game is not. This this podcast is not for slander. It's for <laughs> it's for positivity. Sure. And who knows positivity better than Rita's? Rita, say something positive. <laughs> Testing things <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, he's got nothing. 
times are bad. There's no positivity left. <laughs> positivity left. Yeah. He's just laughing. He's just. They're all gonna die. Oh my god. Um, it's these are these are the days of doom, as it says. Way to go, son. Game. Nice. Yeah. Um, what what should people know about the game? What should people know about Days of Doom um, beyond what we've talked about? If you were to tell somebody, hey, this is this is a cool thing about the game, or this is something you should keep an eye out for, or here's like a little fun fact. I want to go down the line and get an answer from everybody. So, uh, Eva, why don't we start with you? Oh, it would have been, been Rita's, but he failed the last question. So. Okay. <laughs> I need a moment to think, though. All right. Vitatis, what do we got? Thank you. Sure. I think we haven't really mentioned the town building aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we have really awesome looking art uh, where you, well, I guess it's the thing of roguelike games where you buy your uh, constant upgrades and uh, you keep those throughout the runs. But we also added a uh, really nice looking art where you upgrade your uh, small settlement uh, where you start your every single run. So I would say I'm quite happy about how that one looks. And we haven't really mentioned it during this podcast. So yeah, that's a thing too. To know yeah. it. That's a good point. Um, Gitas, what do you got? Uh, another thing we haven't actually mentioned is like we, we really focus on the combat while talking about it, but the game does have a sort of huge choose your own adventure element through how, the way you're traveling through the map. Like you, you, you encounter combat nodes like this one as you see Jason playing it right now, but. There's also like a lot of text-based choices of like scenarios to get put into with your squad, and you know you can like get out of them in various ways. Um, characters that you have influence what you can and cannot do in those uh, scenarios. It's it's quite a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, Rita, so you got an answer? There's music in the game, which I don't think you can hear at the moment, but <laughs> we had this really cool du- dude who made a lot of music for the game. <laughs> Yella Ditmar, who yep. is uh, he was the uh, he was the composer of the game and uh, someone who I actually got to meet in person for the first time at Gamescom last week. I'm wearing the nice. very fun Gamescom shirt with a little cap, and um, that guy is the tallest person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yep, nice. was not aware. Tall man. Yeah, and in addition to readers, I think our team really appreciates working with him. He's really. Uh, he was excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, he is he's so excited all he the was time. More hyped than us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Well, yeah, it's possible. I mean, he's very enthusiastic. The guy the guy bought a banjo for the <laughs> for this project in particular. So that's uh that, that's fun. Yeah, the music exactly, is truly, right. truly great, fully original, and um you'll actually be able to stream the soundtrack when uh, when the game comes out. So that's cool. Good, good shout out. Good shout out. Uh, Eva, did you think okay. of something? I think we touched on the core aspects of the game. I don't think there's anything um, particular that we haven't touched yet. But a fun fact, we were uh, talking about yeah. the Hydromancer character. And before uh, very early concepts as of her as were... As we've all unanimously agreed upon. Mechanically, she's good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Early concepts of her were actually, were not a, she was not supposed to be a hydromancer at all. She was sort of supposed to be a kid that uh, summons spirits. Like, that oh. was my original idea of her. But then later on, we added elemental parts to the game, so we changed her to a hydromancer character. Well, so fact. actually, like, adding to that, like... The yeah, the Hydrant was initially the Arcanist, right? Which were like I had a literal with a like sort of like dark looking neck, almost a necromancer's book. But, that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like a huge problem with like when we were playing the game was uh, okay, we want all of these characters to be archetypes of like uh, random people that can have sp- specific abilities or whatever, and then having a bunch of small girls with necromancy books <laughs> with different yeah. names just sort of fell off like i don't it was so like oh I, that I that that's the part that would have broke the immersion yeah of course Got it, <laughs> no, okay. I, I, that, that's the thing i complain about i think but yeah yeah we did talk about it and we then looked at other games that do it right one of them being um 
Darkest Dungeon, where they sort of have these well-defined characters, but they still function as archetypes of yeah. a certain thing. And uh, we drew inspiration from that. Like, not going into too much of a... To, like, depicting the character's age or similar things. Like, Yeah. I had a... Um, it was funny because <clears throat> I've been recently, you know, showing the game and at various conventions and situations. And there is there are points where people are like, oh, so what's the story? And I think a lot of games right now have like a lot of deep story and bogging down and character development and that kind of stuff. And this becomes more of like a, to your point, like a choose your own adventure game, almost like a D&D campaign, right? That's how I've yeah. kind of described it to people. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of, a, you know, it's light on the, you know, detailed character stuff. And typically you go into that and you're like, whatever you talk about what a game doesn't have, potentially you walk into this, uh, you're walking this fine line where it's like, oh, is this going to be, a, are they going to see that as a bad thing? And everybody who I've said that to like, oh, this is great. So I could just play the game? Like, yeah, you just go and you play the game. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it's really been fun to uh, to see the feedback. I think this is, uh, this might be the end of my of my run here. It's going to be... Uh, nah, you, know, you, can you, can you can do it. You can do it. You got this. Believe. These amalgamations, these guys, like the, the amalgam, they are... Okay, one... Oh, no, we're all still alive. Everybody's still alive. This is this one I'm concerned about. Oh, okay, here we go. Wait, uh, how much damage going to do? 34. Here's the other thing to note, uh, just in the general tips and tricks. I do like, and I don't think I've seen this in other uh, games like this, where you have your two action points, and you could use them any way you like. I think a lot of people are used to being like, oh, once I attack, it's over. But the fact that you can attack and then run away is actually one of the more interesting strategic elements of the game that is um, is subtle, but also critical to survive a lot of uh, attacks, especially against the yeah. slow-moving guys. It, it wasn't always like that. We yeah. had a lot of back and forth on that one. Well, there was also back and forth on the on another thing where you know I think people will play games like XCOM and think, oh, it's kind of like that. And one of the biggest differences between this and XCOM is that you don't have your... It's not your team goes, my team goes, and then your team goes. It's, it's actually completely driven by speed so I guess yeah. as we're uh, closing on the end here, what was the what was the decision-making process behind that? Uh, honestly, we had sort of both modes implemented. We just right, there was literally a, a toggle. We had a for toggle. For the longest time, yeah. Yeah, to, to, sort of to, to get it calculated by speed and just team-based. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think the main issue was that the team-based mode uh, was you just had a lot of waiting. And of course, X games like XCOM has that as well. Where you're like you just wait until the entire enemy team just goes for their turn. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this sort of um, speed-defined turns, I guess, you're just a bit more involved, more constantly in a way. And also, I guess, just having speed as a stat that you can influence through like runes and levels um, just has another like layer of strategy i guess yeah totally um, yeah i think there's yeah. also was a discussion when deciding on which mode to choose uh, basically if we had a, a team based uh, or speed based uh, choice whenever uh, which one is easier to combo your characters and then i think the team based one was still easier but then yeah. we were like if we can actually introduce runes which increase your character speed, you can still we can still allow player to choose to maybe make one of the characters uh, faster, so they move first and they can use their ability and then adjust uh, your character speed uh, with using runes and uh, other items. Yeah, so, yeah. setting up combos when like okay, I'll, I'll move this character and now the entire enemy will move elsewhere is really hard to do. So actually having them a bit more interspersed, maybe allowing um, certain characters to be closer together, just sort of helps with s setting up those like AOE combos. Yeah, very cool. I also want to call this out. So originally, you know, we had like these larger maps, and I think uh, it was Ritas who actually was the one who first kind of broke these things apart and made smaller ones. Is that? Uh, am I remembering that correctly? Yep. 
Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think that was that's just kind of uh, one of these things where it, it kind of drives the point home. You know, I got a lot of people on the team here. We're getting kind of to the end here. Um, I want to kind of wrap up and saying like this is these kind of things are a team effort, and you're seeing four people from the team. I guess myself included in a way, um, but in the most loose way possible. <laughs> but these are the guys involved on the day to day, and there's uh, there's also a larger team behind them as well, and it is a group effort. So. Um, yeah. Good ideas could come from uh, from anyone on especially on the team, especially from the uh, you know even how design works and makes the game yeah, more like and, this faster paced experience. And this was one that came from Reach. Yeah, and actually uh, notes on that. Uh, this this idea actually came from uh, we had one day a month. We call it Maklu Day in Lithuanian, uh, where the team members can choose on something they want to work on, which is not necessarily their current ongoing task and just try to adjust it. Then the next week or next day, we present it to the rest of the team members. And then we decide if we actually keep it in the game or should we remove it or should we do something else, maybe spend more time on it. So I think this was actually one of those days where Ritus was like, guys, I'm just going to try out uh, reducing the map size. And then we decided that it actually uh, works pretty well. And we decided to keep it in the game. Let's call it. Let's let's say what really happened. He he said, "Gitas, your maps are too big." I think. <laughs> that that was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was crushed. Didn't go to work for a week. Right. <laughs> uh, well, sorry to hear it. It also somehow aligned with when you got COVID. I don't know. Maybe it's different. Maybe yeah. it's not. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. I think uh, I think that's good. I, I look. I'm amazed. I survived that last battle. That was. Um, I, I want you to rate my um, rate my skill playing this game. Um, you, you should start a tips and tricks channel for this game specifically. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it, it'll, that's. It would go off probably. I yeah. mean, you didn't show off the best character in the game, so I don't know, man. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> whose who's systems? Whose system gave me know, the man. draw? Gave me that luck with the draw that didn't even give me the chance to get the best character in the game, huh? <laughs> is it really the best if you don't have it though? Uh, I don't know. One shouldn't throw stones in glass houses and such as <laughs> your house, your stones. Something, something, whatever. I don't know. I've lost the I've lost the plot. I've lost the plot. Anyway, um, I'm gonna stop here because uh otherwise I'm just gonna keep going forever. Um and the good news is that I could just quit and then I could go back to this later. So to yep. be continued. Um, I will stop this stream, stop the screen sharing, but that was, that was fun. That was good stuff. Oh, look, we're all back and we're bigger. Um, <laughs> typically I like to end this now. I know we started by recommending a random zombie thing from any medium, but what I do, how I like to end these podcasts is just talking about, you know, just games in general and what kind of games we're playing. And it can be a game you played recently, a game you're playing now, but just one game, just one game. And, um, I, Vitas is really excited about this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, he doesn't have to go first. That's okay. Are we um, all gonna give the same answer? <laughs> uh, no, this is gonna be different. <laughs> if you have the, if you have the same, you know, it's, it's, there is enough. no. I I will guarantee there is no chance you have the same answer as me. I think it's a huge chance that we will give it the same answer. We that's might have a majority at least. This is gonna be yeah. a majority, but no. Well, that's fine. It's it's already it's late your time, so you guys will get out of here sooner then. That's fine. We can keep it going fast. All right, we'll go in the same order as uh, as I see it here. We'll go clockwise. So uh you know what? Screw that. Let's go backwards because we'll I'll go last. Gitas, you go first. What are you playing? Yeah, primarily I've just been into Baldur's Gate 3, honestly. It's the biggest game right now. Anything to like, say about it? I besides uh that is great, allegedly. It's it's a buggy mess, and it's the mm -hmm. best PC game of all time. <laughs> wow, of all time? <laughs> According wow. to Metacritic, I guess. I don't know. Like... <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair enough. Uh, Vitatus. Okay, I've been playing quite a bit of that as well. And that's, no, that's go ahead. Cool, Give us the real uh, answer. My, my, my real answer is League of Legends, baby. <laughs> Nothing wrong with League of Legends. That's fine. It's, still, it's huge. Why do you hate uh, yourself? I, well, because I like salt, I guess you know. <laughs> I was um, I was made aware of the existence of that character with all those tails. I don't remember how many. How many tails is it? Is that League? Probably right? nine. Seven. If it's the I Fox Lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fox Lady. Saw a lot of people dressed like that at Gamescom. So was uh, was made aware of that 
of that character. Nine and tails, then nine tails. Nine tails. And, and saw yeah. that character all over the place at Gamescom. Lots of impressive cosplay at Gamescom. I mean, that's one of the most popular characters in the game, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you been playing uh, League since the beginning? Since like season two or one, yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a long time. That was a there, beautiful season. There have been a bunch of uh, good old days. Uh, I guess, times I didn't play, or like half a year you don't play, but you know, it's an addiction you can't yeah. get rid of ever. You can uninstall so, it, so but it's going to come back. So much time of your life wasted. Mm. I love it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you, have a, you have a, what about you? Um, Baldur's Gate 3 has been my only hobby for the last month. Okay. I love it. I finished it this weekend. I'm going through depression, oh. the, the, the kind that you go through after finishing a long game. It's lovely. I love it so much. It's, it's, it's great. Are you going to play it again then? Yes, once they fi- fix Chapter 3. <laughs> What's for, oh, is there a non-spoiler reason why Chapter 3 is broken? There are some bugs and some... Okay. Un- it just runs really quests, poorly, to I guess, oh. but it's still very enjoyable. I I loved it insanely, and after uh, playing Divinity Two, like Larian's early, earlier game, there there has been this void that I couldn't fill. And when they released this one, it was like, ah, finally! I've been waiting for so long. I love it so much. It's very cool. Good stuff. I I got to check it out eventually. Retus. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm playing Baldur's Gate. Um, I finished it already. Uh, I'm playing it the second time at the moment. Are you going for a Dark Urge playthrough? Yes, I'm killing everyone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't have to kill everyone. <laughs> why That's why you I can't say anything positive today. Just the excuse for killing everyone. He's in a, he's in a very dark place. Yeah. It's a good game. The, the ending was a bit, I guess, disappointing, but it is what it is. Yeah, but isn't there like 4,000 endings or something like that, according There's to uh, Larian? That can happen, but there are some characters where it feels like it, it didn't end, like there were still a lot of questions and uh, Yeah, and there's some parts. bugs where you don't get a cutscene at the end of stuff. Yeah, or the character dies, but then they show up. It's Oh, that's one of the that's one of the ending permutations, then. That sounds... Yeah, <laughs> but... but it's it, still a great game. It's still, yeah, it's lovely, and I'm really sure, well, knowing Larian's track record and how they do these things, they will probably fix it in um, in a few months or a year. Because Divinity 2 had a, a really huge restructural, restructural change. I think when they released the Definitive Edition, they like changed uh, Act 3, I think, entirely. Mm-hmm. And it, it was good. Sweet. Yeah, there's, allegedly, there's a lot of content that's like in the game files, but not in the game yet. Right, yeah. So just one of those 4,000 permutations, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just got to find it. You, gotta, you just got to kick that squirrel even harder. And then, <laughs> yeah. oh, I did. Yeah, sorry, you good? I, I rolled a nat twenty on the squirrel kick. And it was wow. I never met the damn squirrel. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, well, you will eventually if you try to kill everything in the game. I was surely you gotta kill I the squirrel. The squirrel, I don't know. <laughs> or is it like everybody, every person? No, uh, it's no too animals. small and insignificant. I guess. Oh, <laughs> now you made it sad. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm not a big dork like you guys playing. playing. <laughs> Just so playing League of Legends. I've been, <laughs> so I've been. I've been playing the really cool game Bomb Rush Cyberfunk on my Switch. I want to play that. But and, yeah, I, uh, I get to go there. This game is uh, is lovely. I've also been having what I can only describe as gaming schizophrenia since I finished the also very cool person game that is Master Detective Archives Rain Code. So um, obviously that's the game for cool people. And now I'm playing, and now it's like, I don't really know, I keep bouncing around between different things, but Bomber Cyberfunk is the game that gets the, the call out from me because more people should play this thing if you fall into a very specific category. If you played... Jet Set Radio Future, the or it's prequel Jet Grind Radio in the states, or Jet Set Radio, as it were, in uh, in Japan. Oh man, naming things has always been weird by these yeah. companies. It's like they're not going to understand. Um, but this game is basically it's a cell shaded, cartoony looking game where you play as a bunch of um, you know you're either riding a skateboard, rollerblading, or riding a bike, and it is in this futuristic 
city of New Amsterdam, and you're running around, you're graffiti things, you're graffitiing things, you're grinding on stuff and possibly like write up poles and making massive combos, and then um, all while grooving out to an amazing, amazing, amazing soundtrack. Um, it's very cool. It is the sequel to Jet Set Radio Future that we never got. It doesn't play, it, it plays better than both of the games that came before it. Um, although it's been a very long time since I've played Future because that game is basically locked to the original Xbox and it's not backwards compatible, probably because licensing that music for modern consoles is a nightmare. And without it, it's just not the same. But this game is great. It's missing DJ Professor K, I think was the name of the DJ. So I do kind of miss a little bit of that. But overall, this game is just a delight. It's uh, And if you have any interest in the others, then you should check this out. Go ahead. Yeah, so you mentioned it controls better than like the jet, both Jet Set Radio games, but like, how are the controls in general like, by today's standards? They're good. For a game like that, yeah, they're great. I think they're good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think about it when you have any kind of game where you're on wheels. Yeah, and there is this idea where you're going to keep moving it, and then you incorporate platforming. There's bound to be frustration, but what they've done is the ingenious option to get off of your skateboard or just walk around. So just by pressing the, you know, the uh, L on switch and you can basically switch immediately between your skateboard or walking or your, um, and each character has a different okay. uh, movement. Either they rollerblade or skateboard or ride a bike. I've actually haven't done the bike riding thing um, yet, but that's how they solve that problem. And things are often designed, and this is what Jet Grind Radio by today's standards is not great. It controls yeah. so clunkily and the and the action just grinds to a halt when you want to actually spray paint stuff. Future was great because you just pressed a button and it was just like basically hitting the floating orbs with your graffiti. And but in both those games you also need to collect graffiti cans. This game you don't. Graffiti is unlimited. Um, but the other thing that Jet Set Radio Future did was basically create these lines of grinding that you created. You just stick to these uh, grind rails and they nail that feeling here as well. So you always have some clear path of action. There's like a right, wrong way, so to speak. And it's just really well done. Um, I like it. If it is definitely like a modern Dreamcast game or a modern version of that game. So don't yeah. expect it to play absolutely flawlessly. Imagine it playing like you'd imagine those games would play today and you'll be in that headspace. Okay. It's really great. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Check it out. Or don't. If anything I said sounds like it's not your cup of tea, it's probably not. It's one of those things where it's exactly what it looks like. So yeah. that's it. Anyway, that was fun. My friends, thank you for joining. Um, I should thank do this wrap up and, and, uh, and talk about Days of Doom one last time. So Days of Doom, it's going to be available for everything. Consoles, Switch. Xbox One, Series X and S, PS4, PS5, VCS, PC, Epic, and Steam. It's playable on the Steam Deck. Though maybe not officially verified, I assure you it plays just fine on the Steam Deck. And that will be out soon. I don't think I can announce the release date, but then again, if you look hard enough, you can probably figure it out. And we'll have an official announcement coming soon. So check that out. Wishlist it, please. If you've made it this far and you have any and you want to contribute, even if you don't want to commit the dollars, the less, the, the, the easiest thing you could do, and I will say this every time to support us and the developers, is to just click the wish list button on Steam, show the interest, and that will help us greatly. And then yeah, I'm going to do rating. that right now. Yeah, do. Oh my God. Wow. You didn't do it yet. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Plus one. <laughs> well, thank you for joining. And we are, I don't actually know what the next episode of this is going to be. We'll figure that out. If you are, again, I mentioned it at the beginning of the, of the podcast, but if you are in the Seattle area this weekend, if you're listening to this now, this will come out on Friday, right? So if you're listening to this the day of, and you are in the Seattle area or Seattle adjacent, and you want to go to PAX and play some games, including Days of Doom, among other titles, please come by, say hello. I'll be there. I'll be the guy who looks like me. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for having us. Bye. Bye. <laughs>